Flavor Bin episode three. <laughs> well, what's up? I can't believe we're still doing this. Are we going to be able to keep up this pace? I don't know. Uh, I don't know, man. It's been pretty rough. It's a full-time job, these podcasts. It's fucking work. California, you want to set this up? Oh, right. Where we're at? Yeah, I've been out. I've been out in California for the past mm. week and a half, and um, we had some good interviews. In fact, it was so nuts. And California is such a a culturally rich state. We're just gonna have to split it up into two episodes. We're gonna have flavor. It's bin. our Kill Bill flavor bin uh, yeah. episodes. California Love Volume One. Yes. <laughs> I love this track. You know, when this track came out, I was actually in San Francisco. And the station up there, I think it's... Well, this is right when he got out of the can, right? I'm not really a, a Tupac expert, but, you know, the I thing was... Show got him out, yeah, and then he, he went right into this. The station uh, the station played the song, and the DJ came on, he was like, That is hot! That is hot! We got so many phone calls! We're playing it again! <laughs> it just starts up again. Dude, starts so up. many memories of this coming on in oh. club and just throwing shapes going oh forward. dude then the next Good then time. the song ends again he plays it a third time it was, it was such an epic afternoon you know and it's such a great track oh my god legendary video yeah there's like a long version right and then a short version i remember there's always like a my favorite shot on the whole thing is roger troutman in the helicopter just like with his voice box like i was gonna say that's the original t-pain right there I think it's like a combination voice box vocoder, vocoder yeah. and um, but yeah, Roger Troutman, rest in peace. It was like ten years ago, right now. That it's there's some crazy like familial dispute where his brother, his older brother Larry, was his manager and shot him, and then Cain and Abel, and then turned the gun on himself. It's kind of ill. But when they do that, there's no answers. I know, there's no answers. There. Exactly. It's like Marvin Gaye's dad, right? Yeah, like, man, what a crazy... You know, that family was pretty wild. Um, they uh, they were all brothers, and they had Zap from Ohio, which is kind of weird. They're so associated with L.A., but I had a uh, newspaper article taped up, the obituary for Roger Troutman, the thing about the family, though, is that they had this business, this family business. They had a construction company. Anyway, again, rest in peace, Roger Troutman. So, Colby, tell me what's going on. Uh, I'm in California. This is your state now. I used to live here, but I'm out. I'm out in New York. But we uh, we tapped into one of your resources for this week's guest, didn't we? Yeah, we um, hit up Peter Berg at his what? house uh, while watching the uh, Giants football game. So he's there with his... Son Emmett, he gave us an impromptu flavor bin. He's he was trying to front like he was like he didn't know the name, so he'll start calling it the Fresh Zone. So don't get fooled. (laughs) But I could see uh, I could see he was pretty envious and uh, wanted a piece of it. Yeah. Well, he he definitely came through. It's a it's a good interview. We had a lot of fun with that. And thanks again. Yeah. He'll be back again too. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Of course, uh, we're 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 in negotiations with his agent. Um, Who's his agent, Parker? with Ari Emanuel. Right. Uh, they were roommates in college. The uh, inspiration for Ari Gold on Entourage. Emmett! Say Flavor Ben. E. Berg. Berg. Are you on a microphone over there too? Yeah, we're going to do remote while you guys are technological. All right. Flavor Ben. California love. <laughs> Special. Continuing the California episode. We're up in Brentwood, I think. Brentwood, California. Brentwood. Bl- block south of OJ. Special guest on the Fresh Zone today. <laughs> <laughs> we're changing the name in honor of uh, the man who coined that new name. Peter Fresh Berg. Zone. Fresh Zone. Peter Berg. Peter Berg, first question. Mm-hmm. What is with your vitriol for anything semi-hipster? 
Uh, you know, I just think it comes from a general annoyance with you and the way you wear your clothes. Uh, I get invited to some, like, Nike hipster party or whatever, and I bring Pete. I wanted to choke everyone to and death. And he just gets it. And everyone loves him there. Everybody loves Pete Berg. And he's just so angry. I don't understand it. I don't understand, like, um, a, a, a museum built around a sneaker. It just doesn't make sense to me. And, and it feels like <laughs> a giant... Kind of bumbled into the wrong show. ...waste of time. I mean... <laughs> Pete doesn't. I think Mike Leach is the ultimate hipster. Okay, you want to talk about hipsters? Like to me, Mike Leach is a true hipster. It's just more like walking through the streets of Soho or the East Village. I just feel like strangling half the people I, I encounter, and I, I can't help it. Get your swords up. That's what I say. Swords up, people. Swords up. Swords up. Uh, Mike Leach, coach of uh, Texas Tech. Texas Tech. That's a oh, full disclosure for everybody out there. I'm in the flavor. Say, say put in the flavor bin. bin. Put it in the flavor bin? Yeah. Those are my hipsters. All right, well, this I don't want crew right here. I don't want you to uh, to be a hater for the whole show, so. I'm not a hater on all hipsters. Navy SEALs. What is, yeah, would you SEALs, trade in Navy all SEALs. your success to be a Navy SEAL? Yeah, Pete, that's what we're wondering. Would you give it all up? Listen, you want to talk about hipsters, get yourself to uh, Rawa, Iraq, up by the Pakistan border, on the border, on the border of Syria and uh, hang out with some of the guys from Team 5 and you'll see some real hipsters. Okay, what is your favorite camo pattern? This is the flavor bin. Mm. I'm, a f I'm a fan of what you're wearing, which is the, you know, the new digital patterns. Yeah. Um, oh, you're talking about what army? No, no, yeah, well, camo, yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, like the, um, the Korean riot police, if you've ever watched any you know, YouTube, some footage of- We'll, we'll get a pickup. Yeah, the Korean, the Korean riot police definitely have the most, I, don't, I think, intense and uh, Certainly the coolest um, fresh zone Yeah, combat uniforms you'll find. If you're gonna get beaten down by a uh, riot cop, yeah. you want to go to If Korea. it's the last thing you remember in the hospital, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're terrifying. Bill, what's your favorite uh, camo pattern? I, I'm a fan of the German, uh, the German one, and I like the digital Marpat. The yeah. German, the, the German. The German one's kind of like a circle. Uh, We'll show it. We'll take a look at it. But I, I like, and also, actually, my favorite of all time, though, is the uh, Special Forces, like, favorite in Vietnam, the tiger stripe. I'm talking about, like, what Martin Sheen wears in Apocalypse Now, you know, like, he's, he's not wearing the standard woodland U.S. Keep it moving. You know, he had a heart attack when making that film. Yeah. I guess everybody knows that. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. And then, the uh, amazing, you know, the drunken scene, punching the glass and yeah. stuff. Great. You're gonna, you're gonna put yourself through an ordeal like that? Like an Apocalypse Now, sort of Fitzcarraldo type thing? I just got back from Iraq. I spent a month in Iraq. I was, I was hoping you'd talk about that. I saw some of the video. You know, it's for real out there. It's for real. You go out there and see what's going on. Something going on out there. Put your, put your feet on the ground and you see what a mess we've made of things, for real. Now, you've been, uh, you've been developing some, some military films. You wanna talk about any of those? Um, well, I've been, I've been developing Lone Survivor, which is, um, True story based upon the book Lone Survivor, written by Navy SEAL Marcus Luttrell. A story of 19 SEALs that were killed in a, a very vicious gunfight in Afghanistan, and one survived, and that was Marcus. And on a slightly lighter note, Pee Wee and I here are getting ready to sink our teeth into Battleship, which will be coming at you summer 2011. And this, uh, I mean, obviously, you took a little heat on Colbert, right? About 
I didn't, I didn't think of that as heat. I thought of that as extreme flattery. <laughs> no, I mean, flattery. I think... <laughs> flattery. I, the fact that Stephen Colbert was, you know, talking about us and asking to be in the film. I think he was, he was sending out a little flag. To, he wants to be in that. Well, he was in know. Monsters vs. Aliens. He played the president in that, right? I think that's a good movie, Monsters vs. Aliens. Emmett turned me on that movie last week. I don't understand why there's so many doubters about the, the, the feasibility of turning the game board battleship into a movie. It just makes no sense to me. People are like, how can you do it? You can never do it. It's ridiculous. Hollywood's run out of ideas. It's naval warfare. Yeah, how, can, how can somebody, if I held a gun to your head right now and said, come up with an idea about navies fighting each other, couldn't you do it? Of course. I mean, of course. I'm, I'm a big fan of Master and Commander. I love, I love you know, like tactical sea type things. What do you I, like about it? I, I just I love when they when somebody kind of outfoxes someone else, you know, maybe dips around an island or Master Commander. They had that that fake buoy thing with the with the lantern, you know, that led them led them astray. I think the joke is that you know why can't you just make a Navy movie without a license for the the board game? I think it's. I fun. don't think I'm that's a saying. funny joke. I don't think that's a funny joke. Didn't come across that funny. This interview is over. <laughs> How much of it is real? You know the real Ari. Can you delve into that for us? How close is it to real life? I don't think that, um, that, that Jeremy Piven's character is that similar to Ari. How about just Hollywood lifestyle? How close is it? I, I would say it was. It, it, it has been accurate. The chaos of making movies, the sort of decadence that comes with a posse and a, a group of guys hanging around someone who's got a lot of free time and is making a lot of money and kind of what activities are born out of that boredom and that money. Pretty accurate. Right. You, you worked with Jeremy Piven on your first film, right? Um, yep, and Very Bad Things. And I was with Piven last night after the Klitschko fight. The guy looks the same. How does he do that? He looks better. He's got more hair. Ha have you gotten recognized a lot for Entourage? Has that a been a resurgence bit, in your bit, popularity? You know, there's, there's ru rumors going on that, that, that somebody on the flavor bin right now might be starring in the first couple of episodes of Entourage. Really? That's a little tip I'm yeah, dropping here on the flavor bin. You were talking about how it must be really depressing if you're a celebrity and you get on Entourage oh, right, and yeah. they don't let you play yourself. Well, my, I have this theory that like, you know, you, you get this wonderful memo from your agent, hey, they want you on Entourage. And you're like, oh. And then you go in there and you realize you're not playing yourself. <laughs> That's when you know you know, you're like, not, that's that's when you, know you're not, you haven't quite arrived if you're, if you're not playing there's a, yourself. There's a famous story about uh, Marlon Brando when he was offered the role uh, in Superman. And he was, um, I, I think he was weighing somewhere around 240, 250 at this point in his life and was well into his 50s. And his agent called him. He was up in his sort of, you know, sequestered in his, in his um, Mulholland estate and hadn't been off the hill in quite a while. His agent called and said they want you to, you know, for Superman. And he said, I gotta call you back, I think about it. And an hour later he called his agent back and said, you know, they really think I can fit in that suit? 
<laughs> and and his, his agent had to tell him that it was, you know, for the dad. And, and you know, that was probably a, a rough wake-up call for, for Marlon. Help! I'm in the flavor bin. I guess since you're going to eat, do you want to mention some of your L.A. hotspots? You took me to Philippe's for the first time. I really... Philippe's... Your coal meter went up the, after you uh, took me there. In L.A., obviously. The uh, home of the um, French dip. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, kind of a must for anyone in L.A. Well, Emmett's telling me about some hamburger joint we're about to go check oh, out. Right. What's it called? Umami burger, so... Your mama burger? You um, mommy. Oh, mommy. I kind of feel like I've been to every restaurant 40 or 50 times in Los Angeles, so... Yeah, I but there's the hipster, and then there's... A couple of Mexican taco spots. There's um, there's a place called Tacos Por Favor on uh, Big Olympic fan Boulevard, which is pretty good. Best chorizo in the city. I'm into um, getting this... Uh, I ordered these cases of... Um, it's called Pure Protein. It's it's all white tuna fish that could they ship down. You can order a case of it. Get like 90 cans of it, and you crack one of those open. You put some capers, a little salt, some oil, and some. I like those sweet gherkin pickles. Yeah. There's a place in Wisconsin I've been sitting away for for my pickles. I'll mash all that up in a bowl, and I'll just kind of find a quiet spot and I'll just sit and eat that. Nice. And just pretend you're at some restaurant, maybe. How's that sound? I like it. That sounds pretty good right now, actually. I'm putting that one in the flavor bin. Yeah. Berg, what's up? Hancock <laughs> two. Hancock two. Is there? Are we look. We got a sidekick valet. Will the valet be Will back? Will the valet make a return? If val, I mean, you know, <laughs> kind of like Pesci, like Pesci was. What did I get for that? Like you got to be in the movie. Film forty four love. Oh, you gave me the film forty four love, right? Which I love. You should flash that too. That's a great logo. Show that one. It turned out well. I, I think that if you can come up with a new Battleship logo for us, the, the valet definitely will be back in maybe even like a couple of scenes. All right, I like that. We might follow him to a car Maybe the valet could assist Hancock in some way. Maybe he could crack but, some computer things, maybe turn on all the green lights on Sunset just in time or something. Did you thought at all about like backstory, who that character was that you were playing or... Like, what was that experience? Well, I, Talk I, you, about your experience that night. Experience that night. froze up so My, bad, oh, dude. On, it's Parker. really embarrassing. Parker, there was no run-through on a, on so a one-shot like? Steadicam. What was it like? It Tell was, us what it was. It was, was very exciting. It was very exciting. Getting yelled at for being late to set down in the makeup trailer. I really felt like I was part of the Hollywood machine. Francis came down and he says, we're getting calls from the set. Get the fuck up here. You're late. Go swear in front of my son one more time. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Sorry. I want you to do it. Swear in front of the nine-year-olds one more what time. That was, that was a quote from Francis. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. 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 That, was, that was a little harsh, and I, I forgot. I was involved in the moment. Fucking idiot. Bill was hired to be the valet in Hancock. So uh, raced up to set, got on there. Berg gave me some directions, pulled one valet, threw me in. It's very exciting. Steadicam shot. Um, with Will Smith. Yeah, with Will Smith and uh, Charlize Theron and, and Jason Bateman. I pile out of the SUV mm -hmm. and I, I run out and I grab Will Smith's hand. Um, mm -hmm. The backstory for that character in the mm -hmm. few seconds I had. It seemed like you were hyperventilating while you were doing this. Really? Well, I was ex my valet character was excited to see Hancock. Okay. This is method acting. Right. right? The backstory is that it was an extremely posh UCLA trained literary major who was completely, <laughs> just completely overqualified for every job that he uh -huh. was applying to since he had lost his. It's his like those tenure. cerebral taxi since drivers he had lost in New York. Like a little trust fund yeah. brat. Like so, by those... working at night, it allows him to work a little bit at, at the at the vintage bookshop and just kind of, you know, he's, mm. he's obviously he's writing like this great American classic in his spare time between like hamburger runs and valet work, but I'm just saying. Put that in the flavor bin?
For anyone that's listening too, if you really want to get in good with Pete Berg, they can just step up to you and challenge you to a fight. Is that? No, no. I mean, you know, I went to Evan Bernard's wedding trying to have a good time. You know, I had, was with my friends and after the wedding, um, you know, out of the blue, people came up to me and started But you do me. love to fight. You have said that when a man yeah, sees like another man for the first time, the, the first joke, thing that goes course. through his the head joke, is, the joke is can always, I take him in a fight? The joke is, oh yeah, everyone, every man kind of asks, can I take him? Peter Berg actually voices that question out loud. I, I could take him. I could take him. <laughs> I think it's important, you know, to know where you stand in, in, in terms of your physical situation at all times. You know? Well, I meet a lot of people that just want to know about you, and they want to know how to get in good with you. They want to part in a Yeah, wrestle, anything. wrestle. If you'll wrestle me, Fight I'm pretty Pete good. Fight Berg. If you see him on the street, just start fighting him. You I like boxing. Like, if someone will box, I like boxing. Yeah, box. Yeah. Berg, within you... reason, like... I spent some time with Klitschko at, at Gold's gym before the this fight that he had last night. And again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with him. Yeah. Berg, you were talking earlier, we were watching some uh, PGA, and you were talking about when you first started, you were setting up like scaffolding. Yeah, my first but job how was... How did you get going in all My this? first job was um, working for a company called Transworld International that produced Battle of the Network Stars, okay. which if you uh, are a fan of Bill Simmons, um, Bill Simmons' favorite piece of video clip ever in existence is Gabe Kaplan challenging um, Robert Conrad to a race off in Battle Network Stars. You can you might find that. that on it's YouTube, like an yeah. 18 minute YouTube clip that's top notch. But that was my first job was Battle Network Stars. Flavor bin throwback. Clearly, controversy has beset the Battle of the Network Stars. We'll see what happens in a moment. Have you reached a decision? We have, Howard. We've looked at the tape a few times, and we have decided that Ben Murphy started uh, considerably far ahead of his mark, and had he started where he belonged, first and second place would have been reversed, and we have changed the order of a finish. ABC has won the race, NBC is second, and CBS is third. This is going to the negotiating table now. He is Greek, and the Greek are famous athletes. That's how this all started. He's Jewish. He wants to arbitrate. I, I'm German. I want to kill both of them. And I'm Irish. I'm looking for another Mick to hit. I'm from New York, and I want the bread, baby. All right. Let's find Bob Conrad. Bob. Bob. Really. But you're not disqualifying us for a technicality. Bob, you haven't been disqualified. I'm the captain of this team. We ran a damn good race. You're right, you did. But you would have finished second had been... Like hell. Like hell. Well, we really have an impasse here. Bob Conrad, obviously extremely serious. You and I want to run 100 to see the fastest? Yes, yes. Go. All right. Well, we've had a whole change here. If they run the race, they have to run the whole race. Not between two people, Howard. Baby, I'm not in charge of the rules committee. Well, it looks like the tournament committee and the teams have agreed finally to a runoff to determine the winner of the 100 points in the running relay competition. The runoff in 110 yards between Robert Conrad and Gabe Cap. Runners, take your mark. Get set. And so 
Gabe Kaplan comes through in the clutch. He understands now why we call it the thrill of victory vis-a-vis -vis the agony of defeat. Look at the smile etched in the visage as he breasts the tape. And so, ABC officially wins the running relay. NBC second, CBS third. That was my favorite show, bro. Do you guys remember who Tracy Scoggins was? Do you guys ever hear that name? Super hot, like, soap opera actress. And my first day on the um, set ever, which is my first day on any set, she, uh, sh uh, some paparazzi ran into her trailer and, and snapped a picture of her changing and tried to run away. And I, I chased him down and tackled him and got his camera and gave it, you know, gave the camera to my bosses. And that was like a very big moment and, nice. you know, formative moment in my career. Things went, kept moving in a good direction. The thing that's that I've always been impressed with, Peter, is that you actually write a lot of the stuff you work on, right? I mean, you, you sit and write mm -hmm. a lot of these things and develop this stuff yourself. Yeah. You want to talk about that process? What do you do? Oh, that, that's what I call going into the cave, you know, is writing. It's a rough thing to get going on, I find. I tend to do quite a bit of research and spend a lot of time procrastinating and avoiding it. Sort of like, and I always make the analogy, it's like you're walking around the cave and you're looking in, but you don't really want to go in. And then you go in a little bit and you come back out and go a little bit deeper. And, you come, and then finally you just go in it. And that's like one of the great experiences is, is if you can get into that writing zone, you know, for me, like I'll go into my office at the house early in the morning, get up like at 4.30 or 5, and your brain's real fresh and quiet. And you can write, like if you can get into that zone, it's like a meditation. It, I sort of stumbled into it. Ari Emanuel actually encouraged me to do it. He read some stuff I wrote in college. And it's a, it's a great thing to be able to do if you can get yourself to a point where you'll do it. Nice. What do you think about those hamburgers? Let's go, man. Right, hipsters rule. A big shout out to all the hipsters wandering the streets of Chinatown looking for something to do. Keep it up. Push hard. Oh, flavor. That sounded pretty positive for the future of the valet, didn't it? Mm, I hope you don't choke this time. Oh, wow. I really, oh, I really wow. talked you up a lot, and uh, <laughs> you really froze. And then... The thing that's crazy is uh, Bill had to do uh, ADR looping for his one line because he couldn't nail it on set. That is not true. So they what fly happened? him out Come from on. New York to L.A. Can I finish, please? Yeah, go if ahead. If you just let me finish, thanks. <laughs> um, then you got into the ADR room, and your line is, Hey, Hancock, that shit was insane, right? And I'm like, Bill, someone else said insane in the film, do it. Hey, Hancock, that shit was bananas, and you still never hit it. But, oh, but it's, too, it's not my fault. I mean, I, I came in there real hard with that shit was insane. I think after this, we, we hopped, you hopped in the Range Rover. Uh, I followed along in my mom's car because that's just how I roll. <laughs> we we uh -huh. headed over to uh, Umami Burger. Burger. I wanna Do you want to play a little of it? You wanna, maybe we should just put in a little, it's a little rough to, it. It's a little rough to listen to because we've got a lot of room noise. It's a nice. The waiter really geeked out on your uh, Mac techniques. Yeah, the waiter was point. like feeling, he noticed the microphone we had going on. Right, let's play a little of that. What is it called? Your, your mommy burger, right? Yeah, umami, umami, and it is umami. Umami burger. It seems like there's a lot of um, anticipation building to this thing. A lot of, a lot of nervous energy as people await these incredibly. Pretty are, much out of, out of. Like, I don't know how it's reputed, going to Reputed flavors. Yes. Here they come. Here oh, they here come. they are. The umami burgers have arrived. What do we got there? Truffle medium. Truffle medium, right here, sir. Parker, what did you get? 
Uh, I went with the USC SoCal burger because I'm so, so fresh. Flavorman, California episode. Thumbs are flying up, McMullen. <laughs> thumbs are flying Just thumbs up for everything. People's thumbs are going through the roof. I gotta ask, what is that cool thing? That's a microphone. We're recording a little podcast. We're gonna talk about the Obama burger. Well, you're gonna listen to the Flavorbit podcast? <laughs> Flavorbit.com. Yeah, check it out. Flavor I'll check it out. Definitely, man. Oh my god. This is what's made up. Parker, what's the verdict? Legendary burger. Legendary burger. Umami. Your mission is to ride. I think uh, we know where to put that. Flavor bin. Your mama burger in the flavor bin. Your mama burger. Put it in the flavor bin. We recorded this uh, next bit outside of uh, 7-Eleven at about 3 a.m., one of my favorite spots. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've California. done a lot of, th- whenever we're together, there's a lot of 3 a.m. runs because I'm usually, the munchies are setting in for me and <laughs> you, uh, that's your time to shine. You're like a vampire. Suki. you like the late night hang. Suki. Wow. I kind of miss 7-Eleven. I mean, there's one in New York, but, you know, it's I just generally stick with the delis. Yeah, I grew up in Brooklyn. There was no 7-Elevens. If I go out to the island, it was always a big treat because we'd get some nachos at 7-Eleven. <laughs> nachos. It's like in uh, Reservoir Dogs when uh, Harvey Keitel says, uh, let's go get a taco. Oh, yeah, get nachos. Well, you know, the, the 7-Eleven above my house, I would walk up about maybe 200 yards. Is it talking to Este, San Diego? Yeah, Avocado and Fuerte right there. There was a 7 It's still a 7-Eleven, but what they did have was a, uh, they had a few arcade games. Hmm. They had Asteroids and Battlezone. I really used to kill it on Battlezone. Loved that shit. Then they moved it over into the corner, and then it was kind of like no loitering and all this weird shit. And it's like, well, what else are kids going to do with video games? Did you put... Did you put your quarters up? I would put quarters up. Not there so much. The family fun center? Yeah. That's kind of a muscular thing to do, right? It's got that quarter up there. Yeah, it's a little crazy. It's like next. As soon as you die, I'm up. Yeah. <laughs> Which looks like it's going to be soon. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a lot of patterns for asteroids? There's no patterns for asteroids, is there? No, but I, you know, there's a guy I went to school with named Jim McGuire. He would get so many extra ships that you could go and go to the bathroom <laughs> and then lose like maybe four or five out of about 12 ships and come back. But he used to rock the, um, the hunting technique where you'd leave one asteroid and then you'd let the uh, flying saucer come out. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What about Galaga? That seems to be the most popular game ever. Wait, is, that, is that your art? It wasn't really my deal, actually. But in the summers, we'd go on these trips in the motorhome my parents so we'd wind up in between San Diego and somewhere in Montana and all along the way we'd stop at these KOA campgrounds of America Mm -hmm. things there would generally be these little arcades and they would have like Wizard of War which is one of my favorites and Gorf was another one Gorf Gorf which is kind of a combination it had like kind of Galaga Mm -hmm. aspect Space Invaders and stuff Tempest? Were you a big Tempest fan? <laughs> no. Let me ask you something. Did you just throw away your 7-Eleven sushi? It I was... threw away the last one because I ran out of soy sauce. Oh, it wasn't. But was it okay? It was great. Yeah. Yeah, Colby and I got some. Uh... Full disclosure, it's 3 in the morning and we're standing outside 7-Eleven <laughs> doing our podcast. <laughs> Secret snack. Secret snacking. <laughs> Where it's are you hot. supposed to mix up your uh, wasabi here? I did it in the, uh, in the case. Hmm. Not enough lid. soy sauce to wasabi. Don't pour out all your wasabi or you fuck up like me. 
Only half wasabi, and then you could do a full soy sauce packet. And a nice, that's a nice cut right there. I'll do something. Yeah. You guys over here now? Yeah, are you guys over here? Yeah, we're, uh, yeah. I don't know, I haven't seen him. I thought maybe he was uh, over there with you. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes, Pesci looking away from the camera, has just this amazing acting that he does. So we watched Entourage today. What do you, what's... Doesn't seem to really be going anywhere. Were you upset that we never saw him filming with Scorsese? Yeah, I would have liked to have seen Scorsese a little more than a cameo. We were talking about that a little bit, about the, about what a bummer it would be if you were an actor and you got called to be on Entourage, and it wasn't to be your actual real-life self. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like, yeah. like real-life actors show up as themselves for a cameo, but, yeah. but lesser actors show up as characters within the world, you know, fictional characters. So yeah. What position does this put uh, the girl from Sopranos in? Well, she plays herself. I know, she plays herself every single week. Uh, I think, you know, she's just scraping uh, Turtle in real life, and they're like, oh, this would be cool if I was on the wow. show. <laughs> wow, I guess so. Yeah. I'm sorry, did that offend you? A bit no, of Babe I, in the Woods routine. No, though. no, I, I just didn't know we were going there, but I like it. Okay, let me out. I mean, the flavor of it. So, Colby, can we talk about the, the auto-tune challenge? You uh, yeah. You, you threw down the gauntlet, though. Yeah, we're going to have an auto-tunes challenge. All right. All right. Uh, it, has, it has to be done with the T-Pain app on your iPhone. It has to be 30 uh, seconds long. 30 seconds long. Yeah. I'm kind of just going to steal a verse from an existing song and sort of replace some lyrics and stuff like that. Colby, you can do whatever you want, man. The people... You can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, people decide. Oh, and then the fans will vote? Probably okay. not, because I don't have the comment system working. People, people, I'm sorry. Wow, so that's California, part one. Flavor Bin, California Love. Flavor Bin, episode three. I can't believe it. It's like a trilogy at this point. Thank you, Pete Berg. Yeah, thanks, thank Pete Berg. 7-Eleven. Umami Burger. I want to thank Pete Berg for taking us to Umami Burger. That was a great, yeah. great move. Yeah, and he picked up the check. Yeah. Very, very generous uh, superstar. Yeah, good guy. <laughs> That's just half of what we got from California. We got Stephen yeah. Hopkins. Hopkins has some great stories. This one with Connery, and uh, oh, it's awesome. Look forward to that one. Is there anywhere people can leave comments or anything, or it's not? Nah, just yet. hit us up on Twitter, Flavorbin at Twitter or the Flavorbin, either one. Just hit us up. Holler. <laughs> You're feeling this track, right? You're feeling the closer, right? Is this a film with Jesus? It's another billions for millions ill up. Yeah. Dude, this shit is so hot. It's the new I Lover dance. I'm doing I'm doing a dance right now. I shot you. <laughs> Peter Berg, before you go, one last bit of knowledge you want to impart. You told me a gem one time. Oh, uh, I think you're talking about if you if you stay ready, you don't never have to get ready. So the question you gotta ask yourself, billions, is are you ready? I'm working on it. Yeah.